The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Slowly working our way back to normal this morning with Jim and David on set together uh, for the first time post-pandemic. Futures are a bit slow out of the gate after the first four-week win for the S&P since August. Earnings, of course, kick into second gear. Coke and Harley, IBM tonight. Our roadmap, though, begins with this crypto roller coaster of Bitcoin recovering some of its heavy losses from the weekend. Plus, Coca-Cola beats on earnings, says demand in March hit pre-pandemic levels. And why Disney CEO Bob Chapek thinks people will return to movie theaters post the pandemic, which hopefully is going to be really soon, Carl. Yes, we're getting there. By the way, guys, it's great to see you back uh, together on set. Jim, how does it feel? You know, I have to tell you, uh, David came on set and I was talking to Andrew. He's asking me some questions. And I felt the need to be more bold because when David is with me, I am emboldened. <laughs> That's scary. I am. I'm emboldened <laughs> because he is the best. Um, well, it is really good to be within almost within like reaching yeah, distance almost. of each other. If we actually reached out and touch each other, management might separate us, though. Oh, I think so. Because, yeah. uh, Some because net we, would come down because we have not been super duper vaccinated. We've only been vaccinated. We've only been fully vaccinated. Yes. Apparently, you I have guess. The booster already? A, you need not booster? yet. I haven't been boosted. OK, there's apparently some new you, level that we're going to have to achieve. The shingles vaccine. You, you know, I need to. I need to. Right. I need to actually get that. I, I haven't. Know. I'm in that age group where I do need to. Carl, I have to tell you. When you get together with people, the first thing you do, I had some people over and I said, hey, hey guys, uh, everybody been vaccinated? <laughs> because obviously I meant like, are you clowns vaccinated or not? Right. Yeah. When you get together with people. But then it goes away very quickly, Carl. You eat, I've, I've eaten inside a restaurant now. You you uh, for about five minutes, you're like, ooh, and then you forget. Yeah. I was on a plane. Guy was coughing next to me, uh, Carl. I, I said, oh, my, thank you, Moderna. Thank you, Bansell. This guy was coughing his darn yeah. full head off. Well, you're going to have a mask on in a plane no matter what. Anyway. Still. Yeah. Still, yeah. Carl. You no, mean, it, you it's, feel uh, unsafe. it's important to keep track of, guys. Uh, some of us are not yet fully vaccinated. We're close, but we're going to get there. I did notice over the weekend, New York City, you no longer need an appointment if you're at a city vaccination site and you're over 50 years old. And CDC, as of this morning, guys, every American over 16 years of age is eligible as of today. So yes. we're going to obviously keep our eye on all of that. Uh, Jim, the Bitcoin sell off over the weekend. Um, flash crash down 14 early Sunday morning. Any idea what you think is going on? I don't know. I mean, I think that there there was a t- I read a technical advisory over the weekend 
saying that this is the breakdown we've been waiting for. Look out. Don't touch it. And then there's this rear guard market up action. One of the things I've seen with a lot of these, particularly the, the NFTs, is there are people who come in and create the market. Uh, David, when you mark a market, when you create a market, it tends in these particular currencies to work. Usually it would fail, but you'll get someone who just says, I'm taking it up because I don't want it to fail. NFT in particular. Right. Although NFT is tied into what? Ethereum even more tightly, isn't it? You have to buy Ethereum first. Right. I have a wallet with Ethereum in it. Okay. Yeah. I have American Express. I like that better. But when it comes to Bitcoin, Jim, and the movements here, uh, how do you advise people at all? Can you really give them? I mean, what? What do you tell them? Well, look, I, you know, I, I got my Time magazine today. Time magazine is putting out the news that you can get by anything except crypto, crypto, anything. They're accepting 32 cryptocurrencies. So I went to them. I said, right, yeah, Carl, I said, are you going to immediately uh, convert it to dollars? And they say no. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go get do- like a lifetime subscription with that Dogecoin. Dogecoin was a joke, Carl, and suddenly I can get all of the Time magazine I ever wanted. Every bit. Doge, Lifetime. Dogecoin has been incredible, right? I mean, it was, yeah. Yeah. Um, they don't need demand Ethereum. Still questions about, about uh, what's ta- what should be taxed or not, isn't there, Jim? I think in, that you in have terms to make of your, when you book a gain or you, whether you use it if you're pay- buying a Tesla with it? Do you, you, I mean, you got to make your move right now. Because you don't think you because they will be taxing They're at some point the up. capital gain. They're going to catch up. But right now, I think you make your move. And, Carl, I think that there are people. I mean, I was going back and forth with a CEO this weekend, showing him the picture of that of the house that I got uh, thanks to Bitcoin. And I felt like, well, isn't it a great trade to buy land for Bitcoin? One is definitely more permanent. Which one, Carl? Yeah, I, I saw it written up. I, was it the New York Post? I'm not sure what story it was over the weekend, Jim, but it was about you and your homes and your home uh, purchase and, and the role that Bitcoin played. Uh, pretty incredible. Um, by the way, guys, um, we got a couple of new more initiations on Coinbase. A CFRA uh, initiates by 400. Manas Crespi Jim initiates by 600. And people are starting to take some stock of the insider sales uh, over at Coinbase. Uh, I think about almost $5 billion in insider sales. Brian Armstrong alone accounted for almost about $200 uh, million, I believe. Well, they, they have been tied up for about a decade, David. I have to expect that when you do that direct offering, you're going to have to deal with some. Obviously, it's being supplied. I think that Coinbase, the Kathy Wood, will come in and keep it up. You do? Yeah, yeah of course. She likes latest. to create her own markets. She does. And yes, she, she does. A, she's a big buyer of... Uh, shares of companies that have gone public. She right. bought what was a big buyer last week, not just of that, but of uh, another. If it has uh, an engine that's clean, company that yes, came. if it has an engine that's clean and it's autonomous, it will find itself in her portfolio. Mm-hmm. 331 here, as you point out, certain people motivated to sell, of course, that have yes. owned the stock for a long time that at least have the ability to do so. Remember, that's a key part here. How much right. can you actually sell if you are a, an insider? Uh, have you met with management? What? No. Very impressive. Yeah? Yes. Extremely impressive. Why? Uh, totally rigorous about this. Uh, really expect that they are, in many ways, uh, the wallet and no one else really. That, and this is the important thing. The other guys, so to speak, are not trustworthy in Coinbase's eyes. And you can tick them down. 
and they will tell you why the outfit that you're using is not trustworthy. Uh, and they are very verified. Now, when you use Bitcoin, David, you tend to think, well, I don't know what Jamie Dimon doesn't have it in my bag. You know, if Brian Moynihan's not taking it, who do I use? And then suddenly you discover the Coinbase is the one that millions of people use and you feel more confident. Right. Which is a key. Right. Probably the key. Yes, because you can't see it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's daunting. Carl, I find it daunting when you're doing it because you're usually someone in your house is saying, are you still playing around with that joke? And in the meantime, the joke made up made more money than anything else I've ever seen in a very short period of time. Yeah, as, no, as we've said, guys, uh, Bitcoin, the top performing asset of the of Q1 anyway. Yep. And we'll see uh, to what degree we see ongoing volatility. Speaking of volatility, Jim, we're going to see GameStop open uh, up about 10 uh, percent or so here. George Sherman is out, uh, which, of course, some early reports had led us to believe. Uh, it sort of brings to mind the note from David Costin over the weekend, Jim, out of Goldman, that uh, that online retail call option volume is down to the lowest level since late last year. Uh, David asking some questions about overall volume and whether or not the retail trader has truly taken a step back. I think the retail trader uh, devolved into GameStop and then GameStop periodically uh, cinema with uh, Adam Aaron, then right back to GameStop. It's I call it a single issue site. Wall Street bets. Is this, you know, you have single issue politicians. Yes. This is a single issue site. They care about GameStop. They got their guy, David Sherman has been there for two years. No one thinks about the about what that stock's done under Sherman. Right. General Sherman took it from what? Well, it's not allowed to. It has to go 100 percent to your man, Cohen. Right. Well, it's your man, Cohen, because you're the one who's talked about him a great deal. I want and him to spoken switch. of him with uh, with reverence to a certain extent. Yes. Uh, I mean, we Absolutely. are looking at a stock that could be one hundred and seventy dollars today, a market value that could be well over eleven, twelve billion, close to twelve billion dollars. Well, I think he has to do a Time magazine. Does that in any way reflect the fundamental prospects for this company at this point? I don't know. I've checked with the single issue people who believe it still should pass the four hundred. Uh, Carl, here's what I know about GameStop. The stores are not where the action is. But if if Cohen were to take up my my bank of Ethereum, that he just does crypto banking in all the different stores, it, don't worry, he's going to do this. And then he's going to take credit. And the Wall Street bets people are going to say it was all their idea. But they have to use, they have to go crypto, Carl, because otherwise they and they have to have giant at the end of this at the end of the malls, giant gaming palaces where there's no latency. Using NVIDIA chips and playing games, Carl. Wow. That's what I predict. You've got a whole vision here, don't you? Well, I have to because uh, Ryan Cohen doesn't. He doesn't. Well, so his vision a- is to fire everybody and bring in buddies from various websites. I see. You mentioned NVIDIA. There was a piece of news this morning that doesn't look particularly good for them. I regard it as very disappointing. Their ability to close that arm transaction. I regard it as disappointing. The U.K. saying, hey, we've got some issues. Secretary of State believes, and this is in the U.K., by the way, may or may uh, be the case that the interests of national security being a public interest consideration specified in Section 58.1 of the Act are relevant to be a consideration of the relevant merger situation. They're taking a close look at it. It's not officially blocked, so to speak. No. But that last um, line, David, it does is, sound... It is uh, what we would say a significant impediment to the ability of NVIDIA to potentially complete this transaction right now. But you know what, Carl, that's amazing about NVIDIA? 
if you go over, and I don't know whether the intervention notice covers this, I have it. If you go over the most recent, recent line of, tri- of chips, Carl, many of them are ARM, they're, they're ARM derivatives. So maybe there's a Trojan horse here. Maybe, Carl, that the reason why NVIDIA went up 140 points is that merger or not, they have access to ARM technology. And ARM is considered to be superior to everybody. So I, I continue to like NVIDIA here, even though the stock's off badly. This is the winner. I don't know whether there's others that have been great. Semiconductor Capital Equipment's been good. Micron's been good. Uh, so I continue to like this group. Applied Materials, uh, amazing, had them on. And then AMD versus Intel. We're going to find out what Pat Gelsinger really has going with Intel, Carl. And it's going to be fireworks because he likes to very subtly trash the competition. Yeah, I was just going to say uh, NVIDIA still has the ability to uh, throw a chill over some Intel investors. And we're going to find out uh, more about the quarter when they print Jim on Thursday night. Yes. It's going to be a busy one. I think we got almost 80 uh, S&Pers this week. Yeah, they refused to break it up. Uh, I remember when Hewlett Packard decided to change it because they wanted to be able to take Chris's vacation. I always thought that was great. I mean, this, the bunch of every, you, you lose sight. David, on Thursday, on Thursday, you know that we do, I would say, a suboptimal job on 80 companies because you just can't do your work. No, you have to pick and choose. You you kind of try and cover everything, which well, is I mean, impossible. Look, Coca-Cola reported a really great quarter this morning. Yeah, well, and that, pe- that one we're going to actually hear from. I mean, we can focus on that because there aren't too many other companies reporting. And we're going to hear from the CEO. Why right? don't we go to Coca-Cola after the break? Dude? All right, that sounds like good. Well, first, let's go back to Carl, <laughs> and then let's let, let him tell us that. No, we're going to talk about Coke. Uh, interesting quarter. Harley's pretty interesting this morning. Also, guys, got some price target uh, moves on Home Depot, Expedia, Apple, Nikola, uh, Starbucks, Twitter, and some others. Futures are soft. We're back in a moment. Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones, from powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY, a big idea that inspired the world to invest differently and still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Crossing the tape a few moments ago, the union leading the campaign against Amazon, alleging that Amazon repeatedly engaged in illegal conduct, preventing a, quote, free and fair union election at one of its Alabama warehouses. Uh, The retail, wholesale and department store union late Friday filing objections to the NLRB, accusing Amazon of interfering, intimidating employees, manipulating conditions around the voting process. In that closely watched campaign held earlier this month at the company's Alabama warehouse, employees, as you know by now, overwhelmingly rejected unionization. Fewer than 30 percent of the votes tallied in favor of joining. Um, Jim, we had some suspicion that they would be making uh, these complaints to the NLRB. And it's obviously something that Bezos addressed in his letter last week. Yeah. Look, I think that any time you lose, I've been a member of two unions and any time you feel that uh, you're not doing well, uh, you do want the NLRB in. The NLRB historically has not, in these particular cases, uh, done much unless it was a closer election. David, it was not a close election. No, it wasn't close. No. 
Um, listen, I also think it's worth reading uh, Bezos's letter. Which I loved last it. week. Very interesting. His reflections on, on employees and everything else and sort of what they can do. Uh, his last letter as CEO. I know. Yeah. I thought it was sweet. Sweet? It's bittersweet. That's not a, a word I would ever really associate with well, Jeff Bezos. Carl, sweet. I thought it was bittersweet for whatever. Well, maybe it was bittersweet. With bittersweet. Yeah. 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 Don't yeah, worry. Right. Bezos well, is sure he's going to um, live. He's sure he's going to live forever. So he's not worried about. Is he cryo? He's one of those cryo guys? Yeah. He'll, he'll okay. be. He's going to colonize a new planet. Uh, speaking of sweet guys, uh, Coke, uh, 55 cents beats 50. Uh, revenue ahead. Uh, 6% uh, organic revenue growth. Then case volume, Jim, back to March 2019 levels, although they don't boost the guide in part because they are remaining cautious given what we know about uh, COVID cases around the world. Right. I mean, they do fewer uh, lockdowns. But what's amazing is that you have this thing called you know, on-prem and off-prem. When you are on-prem at a restaurant in America, if it has, this is incredible, if it has a drive through lane, the numbers are extraordinary. That's why I like Chipotle. I like McDonald's. And the numbers here, I got to think, why isn't the stock up more? 6% organic growth? I mean, that's fantastic, fantastic for Coca-Cola. And I know he doesn't want to extrapolate, so maybe the lazy people just simply have to say, all right, I'm going to use his guidance. Uh, forget his guidance. He's on, this is on fire. This stock should be higher, Carl. It's good numbers. Also, Jim, um, some comments about inflation. Uh, a lot of plastic comments, OJ, aluminum. Uh, they say manageable this year, but going to be a challenge in 2022. Well, why did they let all those aluminum why did they, David? Yes, the sir. aluminum can companies were all allowed to merge. What was that about? I, I do not know. You don't? No, I don't have an answer for you. Well, I mean, you don't think it was right and you don't have an answer? I or don't you necessarily. Don't? I haven't done enough work on the situation in terms of consolidation amongst the aluminum uh, makers. Yeah. Well, there it is, Carl. There it is. Yeah. I will tell you that commodity prices, as Carl points out, often oh my continue God. to go higher. Were you on the Alcoa call? Uh, I, I, I'm aware of it, yes. David, the, the Chinese are suddenly getting serious about air pollution, and they've cut back how much they make. Uh, Carl, I've got to tell you, uh, if you are buying aluminum or if you're buying lumber, good luck. Uh, Yeah, lumber all-time high last week. And then this morning, a blog from the White House about why they don't think that wage growth is going to get out of control. We'll talk more about that after a break. We're back in a minute. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big-picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Time for a mad dash. We've got uh, one deal to talk about this morning. I mean, anybody who sits 
might be aware right. of it. Herman Miller's buying Knoll. Well, Knoll's been independent furniture. for a long time. It has it's been a fashion leader. Yes, Herman Miller, obviously, the Aeron has been just a. Rem- I have an Aeron. As do I. I have lo- one, yeah. You have one too. I think so. But this is a complimentary deal. Yeah. And so, David, I have to ask. Is there anybody in the government who may say this is too much concentration in the office industry? I don't know the relevant stats in terms of their market share, but it's, uh, you know, you'd imagine perhaps that it's uh, not inconceivable. Somebody will at least ask those questions. If they buy Um, Steelcase, David, won't they have a hammerlock on everything? Then they would really, then they conceivably would have a great deal of the market. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, Herman Miller shares, by the way, you can see they're getting hit, though, uh, Jim. They had Uh, a good It's 11 bucks in cash and 0.32 of Herman wow. Miller for each Knoll share. Knoll is up, as you might imagine. It was worth almost 44 bucks a share. Um, uh, the transaction terms imply purchase price, sorry, of 2506 uh, They're basing that number on what Herman Miller's average price was, Jim. But all of it's coming down. It's not worth right. that at all, given it's 11 bucks in cash and then 0.32. And obviously your 0.32 is getting pressured but today. But they're both too small for people to notice. Once they finish this, it's going to become... One of those stocks that people are going to say, I need uh, off I, home furniture. Right. That's what's been driving this. Yeah. Is that people have to have an office in their home. That's why this is a great deal. It's interesting. You know, when I, uh, M&A, listen, we all know SPACs have obviously are counted as a merger when the SPAC announces their deal. Yes. And we've seen deals of similar size coming, some larger. We had a fairly large one last week. Right. We had that Webster Sterling, too. And, and we, we had the nuanced that. deal. But I will tell you, Jim, and it's interesting you ask about antitrust here, that seems to be holding back some of the larger transactions, the ones that would certainly attract uh, attention because people are still trying to understand the regime that's in place. But how about a Fox? How they're going to react. Fox might be interested in acquiring. Have you seen that? Fox might have something to do. Fox as in Fox the network. No, Fox Fox is in the foxes in my hen house. I don't buy that. Small. Yeah, oh, really? Nothing. Yeah, I don't okay. think that that's actually necessarily. I just threw it out there because that's yeah, no, Nathanson. Really? Yeah. yeah. So, oh, he had a report out today. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm not as sure about that. All right. Certain things they might be able to do. Okay. Well, it's good Meanwhile, to see. Meanwhile, Lachlan you. moved to Australia. Yeah, he's doing nocturnal work. Yeah. <laughs> nocturnal work. Nocturnal. All right, we got an opening bell coming up. Stay with us. It's been almost a week since health regulators called for a temporary pause of J and J's vaccine. Due to those safety concerns, yesterday on Meet the Press, Dr. Anthony Fauci weighed in on the future for J&J's vaccine. My estimate is that we will continue to use it in some form. I doubt very seriously if they just cancel it. I don't think that's going to happen. I do think that there will likely be some sort of warning or restriction or risk assessment. I don't think it's just going to go back and say, okay, everything's fine, go right back. I think it'll likely say, okay, we're going to use it, but be careful under these certain circumstances. All right, Jim, um, the, the consensus seems to be that the Im- overall impact on the trajectory of U.S. vaccination is not that significant. No, but one of the things that I think is beginning to upset people, I know Dr. Gottlieb wrote about it, is uh, the CDC, uh, NIH, uh, FDA. I mean, David, I don't know who's in charge here. Who's in charge? I don't know. Right. I don't think they do either. So you've got this situation where the FDA approves and suddenly the CDC says, take it off. And, uh, and so you have a, 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 a rogue agencies. Mm-hmm. So nobody knows who to really follow. And I find that that is disconcerting 
because there's Fauci. Is Fauci in charge? Who's in charge here? Yeah. Yeah. Who? I, I don't know. And do they all speak with one voice? No, they point? don't. And people take their cues and companies are taking their cues or schools or various things and rules and regulations and people trying to understand really what the risk truly is of various things. I know. Well, we know, frustrating. That, we know that if you sticker blood clot uh, and you don't give people heparin, which is usually for blood clot, uh, then I think you would approve this. But Fauci's in there saying it's going to be approved in a couple of days. Well, it's going but, to be a lot back on the market, right? Yeah, Once doctors he, know how to he? respond to these very rare cases. But who's he to, de- to declare this? Who is he? Carl, CDC is maybe in charge. And it's the same problem with, by the way, the Regeneron cocktail. CDC and NIH, they don't even say it's worth, you know, necessarily worth getting. No one's speaking. These companies, Biden has to get up and say, listen, we're now going to take somebody's advice. But not all three. It doesn't work. Yeah. Well, your point's a good one, Jim. Some blurred lines, at least in the communication aspect of public health. There's the opening bell at the big board. It's Air Lease Corp uh, celebrating its 10th listing anniversary. We'll talk to the CEO in an hour. At the NASDAQ, it's transportation and logistics company Hub Group celebrating its 50th anniversary. Uh, Jim, we haven't really gotten to Harley. Uh, 168 crushes 88 cents. Uh, revenue in line. Uh, they do raise their guide. They're looking for bike sales up 30 to 35 versus prior 20 to 25. B of A upgraded it last week, uh, saying that interest in, in Harley's is on the rise. Well, look, I think that they've had a demographic problem for years. And this fellow, uh, uh, Jochen Zeitz, has come in and basically just turned this thing into something that is more youthful. And I think that that has been the missing piece of the puzzle. David, the new Harley mm. buyer is younger uh, and the uh, bikes are easier to understand. The bike, I don't know if you've been one. I went to a Harley store uh, that's about 10 miles from my house. Mm. And I thought it was like I was riding a, a, a Bitcoin inspired NVIDIA program that is <laughs> that's artificial intelligence. It was too hard, David. I sat there and I said, I don't know what to do. I don't know how the first gear, the eighth gear. I don't know. I wouldn't advise <laughs> you to get on one anyway. It was just, a, just saying. It's just trying it out. OK, but you weren't going to actually buy one. Well, no, because it's too hard. That was the reason it well, was going no, to be too I, hard. I didn't too many computers on that thing. <laughs> I was ruining their demographic, Carl. <laughs> they're, look, they're really fa- fascinating. But this was this one. Zeitz has just been he's working magic, Carl. And the previous guys were going after the wrong code. They have a lot of chips going into those these days? They probably do. There's a, there could be a chip shortage. Uh, for motorcycles as well, I guess. No one, yeah. Carl, no one's mentioned the chip shortage today. Uh, no, no. Although the level of complexity in your, in your new automobile these days is fairly high. I feel like it takes about three years to figure out what's going on. Well, the, the chips are dollar and $2, so it's not been worth it to the uh, manufacturers to make those. There's no, very little return. Pat Gelsinger is going to talk about this this week, Carl, and it's going to be uh, Intel CEO. It's going to be very exciting. He's outspoken is the way I would put it. But, Jim, you have talked a great deal about the chip shortage. Yes. And I think it is something we spent we should spend time on yet again today, because it's funny. I had a conversation with somebody. I can't say who it was. They run a company that if I said what they did, that's a particular area. But what I will say is an unexpected what is it? product. Would it be like a nightmare for is, me if you said it? <laughs> no, but it's an unexpected product, a, 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 a product you wouldn't necessarily assume has chips in it. But it does. Why? Well, because it can be controlled, remote controlled by your oh, phone. Right. Okay. It's one of one sure. of those. And that's. So many things now have an app that controls them. Chip shortage is coming into into view for this company. Well, as you're well. not. You are and being very uh, non-political. I'm going to throw political. Carl, 
the Chinese saw this coming and all the notes I'm seeing now are did they triple order or double order? And our American companies seem to have thought that they would never come into play, that the Chinese would be aggressive. Carl, the Chinese have the chips. They got the chips and they did the order. They're not having a problem. All right. Meaning what? Unless they come out. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm by, saying that by it, the way, you've got a lot of companies now, though, that are making sure they have the inventories they need. So they're ordering more than they actually need to fulfill yes. weeks of potential inventory that they aren't sure is really going to be there because of the chip shortage. And then we haven't even talked about the ports where people have things sitting there for weeks and weeks not being unloaded. There's a lot of we could have serious shortages in certain we have areas short, we of have products freight, we as have a result. Freight costs. Of, does J-Pal know about the freight costs? I don't know. Does he? I don't know. But maybe he thinks it's temporary, Carl. Could be temporary. Temporary meaning well. What, five so years? yeah, yeah. I mean, on the inflation front, guys, um, this White House blog that we mentioned, Cecilia Rouse writes: While average wage growth was unusually high uh, during the pandemic, we expect that it will likely decline dramatically in the coming months. That's worth a read. I don't know if you saw this piece in the Washington Post over the weekend, Jim, about uh, the Fed chair and the village of homeless that are near the Federal Reserve offices in Washington, D.C., which he passes on his way to work and, according to the Post, thinks a lot about. And it sort of um, illustrated a bit about what we hear from him in terms of why he believes the recovery is so uneven. Uh, look, I, I think he's very right. Anybody who looks at the numbers knows that the uh, previous regime, the Trump regime, you had really across the board uh, employment, David, rather remarkable minority employment. And now minority employment is rather remarkable, and it seems like a lot of people are being left behind. True. And I don't understand. But, I mean, if the, if the Fed chair is reacting to homelessness, that is, I mean, you, you go anywhere these days. It's a national crisis. Right. It is. It's connected to a lot of different things, not just economics, plain and simple, although that's certainly very important. But, unfortunately, mental health, drug use, there's so many different things that go into it. But it's a, it's a crisis in in. in both cities, large and small, yes. across this country. And, but I think that it's being overlooked because uh, other than Jay Powell, it's easy to overlook. Yeah. We stay at our homes. But you can't overlook it in where I live. In New York no. City, you can't overlook it. That's well, for sure. I think that Jay Powell's on to something, Carl. Whether you can solve it is the other is the real Well, remember Mayor Bloomberg always said you solving. had to do psychological. You it's, couldn't just do food. You couldn't no, just do that. A lot of it is mental health, yeah, it's, uh, which is a huge issue as well. Well, you country. can deal with mental health. There's ways, there's medicines. Right, but it's making sure people get them. Or take them. It's because they don't think that they're... It's a lot harder when they're on the street, too. Well, that's an interesting conversation. It's yeah. not squawk buck we're in. No, it isn't. Squawk it isn't. The street. I know, I didn't no, expect no, we'd go there, I, but, it's, it's, but it, it's interesting, Carl, that that is occupying a, you know, some of his thinking in terms of overall and, and, and for the economy itself. Well, yeah, and, and points to our ongoing conversation, guys, about... To what degree uh, financial assets and markets are reflective of the broader economy? It's a legitimate conversation, even though it's obviously not stock specific. But, Jim, speaking of uh, stock specifics, uh, Disney on the cover of Barron's over the weekend. Bob uh, Chapek talking about uh, streaming, hitting profitability, the things they have coming to the parks, the Avengers campus at Disneyland, this new don't call it a Star Wars hotel at uh, Walt Disney World um, Pretty uh, bullish tone uh, from Chapek on the cover well, of Barron's the n- over the weekend. The numbers are good. The numbers get better every week. And I think that people, it's interesting about going back to the movies, I think that there are a lot of cinemas that have been closed. But uh, AMC, David, 
He saved it. Adam Aaron saved AMC. And you know how he did? By selling stock to people who were single-issue buyers. Well, Wall Street Bets saved AMC. Yes. Yeah. And what do they have? What does who have? They, Wall Street Bets have got a viable cinema, and they've got a store that any minute could start selling, I don't know, pets, Bitcoin. I have to work on this GameStop because they clearly don't have a plan. Roaring Kitty likes it. Oh, I changed my mind because yeah, he's the it's buying more. He's the Warren. There's, there's he's, JPEG, though. He's the Warren Buffett of the stray dogs saying and cats. We believe the great majority of them will go back to the theater. I really don't think it's going to uh, change how much we necessarily spend on them because we have an absolute quality standard. But it may say, OK, we're only going to put bigger films in theaters. I mean, th- th- things have changed forever in terms of the way that things are uh, the exhibition yeah. the window. Um, but there is a yeah. there is a desire on the part of people. I, to certainly I, I go caught to my wife watching Disney certain, Plus you, last yeah. night. I caught her watching Disney Plus. That, I happen to be working on a segment for is, tonight. Is that bad to be caught watching Disney Plus? Should people in their uh, at that age group of my wife be watching Disney Plus? Sure. There's a lot of there's a lot of good things. Maybe she's watching WandaVision. It's a good show. WandaVision. Yeah. Enjoyed it a lot. Really? Mm hmm. I, I work. At night. I, I, I'm aware that all you do is work. But yeah. some of us prefer. Not working. Well, you know, you on your gravestone, my gravestone say he worked really hard. Yeah, uh, I know. And there you go. It's, it's great. Yeah. Carl, I so, have no choice. It's a life well spent well, doing right, nothing but right. working. Right, right. I feel it. Yeah. It's just a joy. Good choices there. <laughs> Sorry, Carl. See what happens when we come back together. We should probably be separated again. We'll, we'll get a lot more done here. Yeah. Uh, Jim, I did want to get you... Um, on Peloton, uh, the Consumer Product Safety Commission over the weekend advising uh, customers uh, not to buy it on the, on the treadmill. Uh, and I don't know if you've seen the tweet that the commission posted, Jim, oh but my. it is a video of a toddler uh, getting caught. It's very difficult to watch. Ugh. I would use caution before clicking on it. Uh, but this was obviously something that, that Peloton management had hoped to avoid. Well, uh, the video, not everyone should watch the video, first of all. But there's a moment when the young lad goes under the machine to get the ball and is trapped. It looks like, Carl, the machine is very light or the ball jacked up. It the goes machine. right over him. But it is, I mean, I don't know. I, I happen to like Peloton, but this is something that says don't have anyone, a pet, a little, uh, little child, anywhere near this thing. David, did you see it yet? I didn't, and I don't think I want to. No, you don't. You don't. Anyone who has little kids, Carl, can't just take this. Just take their word for it, because you just can't believe that this this little boy survived. It is so scary. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's still not clear to me how it's how it would have been any different with a different brand of treadmill. That's not clear to me yet. That's a good point. I don't know. It just seemed to be lifted so easily. I mean, I haven't been on yeah. the treadmill. I shouldn't say that. So it's made by a great company. Peloton does a lot of things right. It's just that uh, I don't know how they got that video. But, Carl, but the video is, oh, my, will he, will he get out? Will he get out? It, it, it's very scary. Right. Uh, see, the shares under some pressure, obviously, this morning down 4%. Uh, the Dow's drop this morning uh, is modest, but it's the biggest since March 23rd. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Hey, Bob. Good morning. <clears throat> Good morning. <clears throat> Pardon me. <clears throat> Good morning, guys. Uh, 
Happy Monday. Uh, rare down day, but uh, don't kid yourself. This is a very, very powerful rally, <clears throat> much stronger than expected economic data above expectations. Then we have earnings. We were expecting earnings to be better, but this is even better than the bulls were expecting on the earnings and the revisions are going up. And of course, the 10 years uh, behaving all of this, creating a very powerful rally, kind of flattish today. But the fact is, Remember the rallies in January and February? They were largely technology driven. This rally we've been seeing in the month of April, far, far broader, much broader participation, healthcare, utilities, uh, um, moving on the upside, industrials moving to the upside. So look what we've got here today. We have new highs in the large cap sectors in the S&P. We have new highs in the mid caps. We have new highs in growth. We have new highs in values. The Russell 2000 is lagging a little bit, but nobody's complaining about that. And the breadth has been simply, well, breathtaking here. Uh, Lowry's, which is the oldest technical analysis service in the United States, noted on Friday that the vast majority of NYSE stocks are all in intermediate term uptrends. And there's all sorts of statistics over the weekend from the statisticians. 95% of, of stocks are above their 50-day moving average. All sorts of incredible uh, evidence of how broad the rally has been and how powerful it is. The most important thing is the earnings revisions keep going up. And they're surprising even people. We all expected the earnings revisions to keep going up. But look here, we're expecting almost 31% earnings growth in the first quarter compared to last year. Just a couple of weeks ago, it was only 24%. That is a huge move up. And historically, by the way, these numbers tend to go down when you're in the earnings season, not go up. It's not only going up, it's going up more than people thought that was going up. Even in the second and the third quarter, which is what we care about, that's what everybody's trying to figure out now, the numbers have been slowly going up. We're expecting, let's not a typo, 56% increase in earnings. Uh, and just a few weeks ago, it was 54. And it's going up for the third quarter. And it's going up for the fourth quarter as well. When you get those kinds of revisions upward, the market is in, uh, it's very hard to deny the power uh, of the overall rally. So what could go wrong? Is there risks out there? Well, the obvious risk is just that everything has gone up rather dramatically. And one uh, analyst term, there's no COVID discount anymore for everything. All the stuff that was lagging, like energy in December, it's all caught up. So there's fewer sectors to rotate into. That rotation story has been so good, that's harder to argue with when everything's rotated into already here. So it's what I call peak everything. We've got peak economic data. We have peak earnings revisions, likely. And we may have peak rates in terms of, of the, the low levels of rates. So peak everything becomes an actual issue. One thing you do want to watch in the next few weeks is this curious phenomenon where uh, the trading volumes have been much lower. They were lower in March compared to February. And in April, they've been lower compared to March. You also want to watch those equity options trades because those are those people who are out there buying uh, call options, for example, that's been a big mover of the market. It's down 11% so far in April compared to March, and March was lower than February. So there's evidence of what you might call a trading crescendo in January and February, largely around retail trade that is now abiding a bit. That makes a little bit of sense, Carl, when you think about everybody going back to work and all of the issues uh, that are involved, much more sports involvement, for example. So none of this is terribly surprising. But it does go to the point that that was a very big driver of the conversation and a driver uh, of stock prices in January and February to the extent that that's not there as much anymore, which is why we watch those trading volume numbers. Uh, that could also be an issue for the market. But right now, there's just very little to really complain about on an internal level. Carl, back to you. Yeah, a great point, Bob, and something we've been watching closely, that stay-at-home dynamic. Uh, Bob Bassani, thanks. It's kind of a light week for Ecodata, but I have a feeling Rick Santelli is going to stay busy. Hey, Rick.
Oh, absolutely. It is a light week for Echo data, but I'll tell you what. We don't need economic data to have a wild market. As a matter of fact, it seems though technicals have been ruling the roost over the last several sessions in treasuries. Look at a two-day of 10s. Now we're back above 160-ish. And if you look at the way it sliced through, it really is very reminiscent over a look at a two-week chart, the way we sliced under. This is definitely a big area. So whether you're going under and, and it stopped at 152 or it starts to go the other way look for a little momentum in both directions but obviously which side of 160 161 we close at today will be quite important boon yields wow look at a two-day boon yields they got up to minus 21 ish the absolute highest intraday level they've reached is around minus 20 on a post-covid basis and if you look at the difference between tens and boons on a year-to-date chart, it's moved 23 basis points closer together from basically 205 just early in April to where it stands now around 182. This is hugely important. And it's also important to, to Europe in general that they're starting to get the vaccines better coordinated and we're starting to see rates move up a bit. And as evident to that, J.P. Morgan today is going to be issuing sterling denominated uh, tranches of 12 and five year maturities. And this comes after banks went kind of hog wild last week. On Thursday, we saw J.P. Morgan with a $13 billion bank debt issuance which happens to be a record, which was usurped just the next day by Bank of America at $15.15 billion. So, you know, they, they, these banks have had a wonderful quarter. They're starting to do more issuance. And maybe the issuance starting to hit in Europe may be an early uh, uh, kind of tell that banks think maybe the best lowest yields are in the rearview mirror. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. Fascinating. Thanks, Rick. Uh, Rick Santelli. Uh, Dow down 100 is the uh, biggest drop, as we said, in about uh, three weeks or so. We're going to watch that. Energy is leading this morning. In fact, one of the few sectors that are green after some reports over the weekend that that pandemic glut of oil is now almost completely worked off. We're back in a moment. Shares of Tesla on the move. Uh, police officials in Texas probing the deadly crash of a Tesla vehicle that they say are nearly certain no one was behind the wheel at the time. Still uncertain whether the car's autopilot system was engaged when the accident occurred on Saturday. Jim, it's a moderate tape, but Tesla is the worst S&P at the moment. Tesla is a really important stock for this market because it has led anything that's EV. And there are a huge number of SPACs that are EV. So a lot of companies, a lot of people queue off these, the ETFs queue off it. And David, when you have 6 million shares volume, this is very important. When you have this, it discourages a lot of SPACs who are in the queue to come public. When you have, really, you think this action yes. discourages that? Yes. I think there's a lot of things that are discouraging SPACs at this point. What else? Well, the... the the prospect of true regulation coming from the SEC, Gary Gensler, very much focused on this. I think we all know that, not just on the projections of the companies that are acquired, uh, but of the length of the pipe, of how quickly sponsors can sell out. Just looking at a lot of different things that I think has put a pause. And he understands all this stuff. I mean, yeah. He is from this world. One of the things that I think has been incredible, you, you mentioned, are the projections. Companies out in 27, in 2027, David, Yeah, I mean... They'll take over the world. It's going to be awesome. The numbers that they're all putting up in 2027. We're going to have autonomous flying cars. 
Why not? Why not? Buying pigs? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Let's do Carl? <laughs> As we go to break, uh, guys, take a look at Bitcoin. We talked about it earlier in the hour after that weekend sell-off. Trying to get some back, uh, currently up about one and a third percent. Back in a minute. Time for a Monday edition of Stop Trading with Jim. Uh, David, there's a lot of talk about this is your world. A breakup will be the breakup of Alphabet. And I think that you should look at this. But the truth is, Carl, there's no plans to break up Alphabet. But the periodically, the analysts cannot resist. Why? Because they look at the pastiche. They look at Google Cloud. They look at YouTube. They look at search. They look at Waymo. And, Carl, they say, like, what's the deal? There's market cap of, say, $2 trillion here. Now, I happen to think that this company is doing quite well. Why do we have to break it up? But be aware that that chatter is endless, Carl. And I just think it's foolish. You buy it for earnings. And I think the earnings are going to be good. Hmm. I, I did notice Oppenheimer went to 2350 this morning, but I didn't see the note. Was that was it a sort of some of the parts argument? Well, it was Doug Ameth making the note, uh, some of the parts. But uh, can Accords talking about a big raise? I don't know. Everyone seems to think that this is the safe one of Fang of Fang. They all feel that this is the one that you can own because it never mo- it hadn't moved in years. Now it's up 31 percent. Carl, I think that we should be looking at other FANG members because this thing is going up so much. But just be aware, yeah. everyone's excited about Netflix later this week and uh, what, a couple hundred million yeah. subscribers. This is an exciting week. And if you don't like stocks, you should watch something else. <laughs> and plus, you got the boss on tonight. Yeah, I have to have Matthew Boss because the retail conference last week was such a success. And I bet you we're going to be talking about American Eagle Outfitters, AEO, as an unbelievable transformation. Gap is a transformation. L Brands is a transformation. These are incredible. And you know what they have in common, Carl? They're in the mall, which is back and bigger than ever. Well, for a couple stores. David is great. Carl, when you have David next to you, he makes those little asides. It's better than it's ever been. (laughs) Tomorrow we're back. I I just want a camera. I I just want a camera with a David reaction shot. That's what I'm looking for. It's it's, great to see you guys together. I'm going to join you at some point. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.